Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that I am looking for 50 people with Hashimoto's. If you have been diagnosed in the last 10 years and you feel lost or confused about exactly what to do, then I want to invite you to join me for a free training call on Thursday, May 16th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, where I will show you how to support your thyroid for your thyroid type and your specific Hashimoto's triggers. You will also find out how to lower your thyroid antibodies and how to get to the bottom of all of your thyroid symptoms, the weight gain, the fatigue, the brain fog, the inflammation, the hair loss. Please go to inatoppler.com slash Zoom call to register, and I will send you all of the call details. I only have room for 50 people, so please be sure that you register at inatoppler.com slash Zoom call and get your spot right now. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know, because that was me, before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. Hello there, and thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Health Mystery Solved, Thyroid and Hashimoto's Revealed. As you likely already know, when dealing with Hashimoto's or any other autoimmune disease or chronic illness, toxins play a huge role. This is because toxins act as immune triggers, and these triggers can create more immune system confusion and therefore more of an attack on your own thyroid or any other organs. Last year, in episode 121, I presented a case of someone with Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism, and she has been doing a ton to balance her immune system and support her thyroid and overall body from every angle for many years. She has worked on many, many of her triggers, including toxins, and has eliminated many toxic chemicals from her personal care products and from her home. This woman was in her 40s, And while she has changed over so much, the one thing that she has not changed was coloring her hair. Gray can be absolutely beautiful, but she was not ready to go there. However, after really understanding how toxic the chemicals in hair dye really are and how many of the so-called organic dyes are not really organic at all, it really made her give this more thought And she was determined to find a way to still color her hair, but in a safer way. So the person I was talking about in episode 121 was actually me. I've been on a quest to find a safer hair dye, and many of the things I learned surprised me. In that episode, I talked in depth about how many of the more natural dyes out there still actually had the same harsh chemicals. And believe it or not, the ones that said that they substituted some of the more common chemicals were actually using other chemicals instead that were even worse. For example, ammonia or nanolumers are used in many hair dyes to pull apart the layers of the hair protein to give the dye access to the hair shaft. Ammonia-free dyes often use chemicals like hydrogen peroxide, but 
also a chemical known as paraphenylendiamine, which is PPD, to do that same thing. Now, it's worth noting that PPD is so potentially harmful that it is actually banned in Canada and in the EU. The other thing is that the chemical process compromises the whole structure of the hair, both internally and externally. It completely breaks apart the hair follicle. That is what also leaves your hair looking dry, damaged, and frizzy sometimes. And of course, chemicals also seep into your bloodstream during the dyeing process if the chemicals are on the scalp in any way. And you know that when you touch up grays, there's really no way that you can avoid the scalp. These toxins can harm the immune system, the respiratory system, the liver, the kidneys, and can trigger serious allergic reactions, not to mention that it could be connected with hair loss and hair breakage. And I had a lot of that personally with the traditional dyes that were considered more natural. I used to look at organic hair dyes and think that they must be better than the conventional options, but it's a bit misleading because the FDA doesn't define or recognize or regulate the term organic in that personal care industry. This means that the companies can add natural ingredients and then call their hair dyes organic or natural, but it doesn't mean that they're not chemicals in those dyes. Often the added botanical or organic elements actually have nothing to do with the dyeing process. They're just there in addition to all of the usual chemicals that are in the conventional hair dye. So they can add a drop of say argan oil and say it's made with argan oil, but it would still have all of those other chemicals and that drop of argan oil is not really going to make much of a difference in terms of how those chemicals affect you, right? The toxicity of them and the damage that they may cause. So it's basically marketing. Needless to say, I was very excited that I found something that worked completely differently and I shared my story with it back in episode 121. As with anything, there's always pros and cons, and so I discuss those in more detail. Since that episode, I've actually been using this hair color by Hairprint for a whole year. So I've done it about 10 times since that episode aired, and I have learned so much more and have really fine-tuned how to use it and how to make it more effective and less time-consuming. And so I wanted to share some of my latest tips and tricks so that if you are thinking of giving up your chemical hair color but are not ready for the gray, you have another great option. And by the way, Hairprint is not a sponsored product in any way. I just genuinely like the product. And since it's really one of a kind because there's no other brand or product that does this, I wanted to share more as I was going through my journey because I know that it can help you too. Hairprint is really different. The whole process is different than regular hair dye because it does not actually break up the hair follicle and degrade it in any way. It has eight food grade ingredients and the key ingredient is melanin that comes from velvet beans. Melanin is what determines the color of our skin and our eyes. The process of hairprint is more like a biomimicry, as they say, than dye. It takes unpigmented hair, so essentially your gray hair, and it puts the melanin back into the hair. It does this without the harsh chemicals, and it does this without having to open up the hair follicle so it stays intact, doesn't break it at all. So it's really neat to not have the damage or the chemicals, though there is one downside, 
And it is that because it restores the melanin, you cannot choose your color. It restores it to your natural color. So for me, my natural color is a light to medium brown, and that is the color that I get when I use hair print. If your hair is naturally brown, but you wanted to dye it red, that would not work with hair print. Though, if you wanted to go darker than your natural color, that would typically work and you would just apply more of the product. Let me tell you a little bit about the process and then show you all of the tricks that I learned. The first thing that's important to know is that if you have been coloring your hair with conventional products, whether they're natural conventional or regular conventional, it's all the same thing because all those products actually open the hair follicle, then if you wanted to use hair print, there is a transition process. And that is that the hair print can only be applied to new regrowth. If you've been coloring your hair with traditional dyes that open up the hair follicle, because that hair follicle is open, it's going to take much darker if it's applied to previously colored hair. And so if this is you, you would want to actually wait at least six weeks, but if possible, maybe even a little bit longer to have maybe an inch or so of the new growth. And then you also have to apply just to that. It's a little bit more difficult because you have to be very precise and it might be harder to do on your own. And by the way, hair print is something that you can purchase. It's just a kit and it's meant to do on your own, but there are salons and hairdressers that know how to use it. And so if you are transitioning, I find that it is easier to have someone help you. When I was transitioning, I went to a wonderful hairdresser, Jessica in New York City, and she did the transition process. You essentially have to apply shea butter to the ends of your hair to protect it. And then if you do make a little mistake or a little bit gets on, the shea butter protects it. If you are not transitioning and it's the first time you're dyeing your hair, or if it's been a while and there's enough regrowth, then you don't have to worry about the shea butter. Now, the process of hair print is actually three steps. The first step is this prepare, which is essentially like a shampoo that you put on your hair and leave on for about 20 minutes. And that helps to remove any buildup. Also, if you use conventional hair products that contain silicones, those coat your hair, and then it's harder for hair print to get in because remember, it doesn't chemically open anything up. And so that helps to remove some of the buildup. Then there is a step called restore, and restore is what actually puts the melanin back in. You would mix a packet and a liquid together, it actually foams, so you need a big bowl because it foams out quite a bit. And then you apply that to the hair, uh, again, ideally to the roots, unless you've never colored your hair and then you can apply it everywhere. And you leave that on for 20 minutes. You then rinse it off and repeat that step of the restore. So you do it two times. However, if you have a lot of gray like I do, they say if it's more than 30% gray, then you would actually want to do the step three times. So I know it is lengthy because it's 20 minutes each and you have to rinse off in between. But again, no chemicals, no smell, no irritation, and no damage. So I think personally it's worth it. And if you don't have that much gray, doing that step twice is enough. For me, I have a good amount of gray, especially in the front. So I do need to do it three times. And then the last step is the step called complete. And that's almost like a toner. And that step actually comes 
in three different colors. It comes in a light brown, a medium brown, and a dark brown. Though recently they did combine the light and the medium brown into one. So it's, I think, just the light and medium and then the dark. And so you would get the one that's for your color. And it's also similar where there's a packet with powder and a liquid, you mix them together. This step does not foam nearly as much. So you don't need as big of a bowl, though you can of course use the same bowl you were using. And then you would mix that up and apply that. You leave that on for 20 minutes and then you rinse off and that's it. You can shampoo after, you do not have to. So with this, what I had found was when I was transitioning, I went to see Jessica in New York City. She was amazing and she helped me with the transition process. And I watched her do it, but it still seemed a little overwhelming. And I thought, eh, I'm not gonna do it on my own. I'm just gonna keep coming to Jessica. And so I went about four times, but it was a little bit of a process because I had to take the ferry and then an Uber. It probably took about an hour and 15 minutes for me to get into the city from where I am. And the process took about four hours. We also chatted for a while and then another hour and a half or so to get back. So it was a full day. And after a while, I just thought, hmm. I don't know if I can take the full day every six or seven weeks. Plus, I really ideally would like to do it every four to five weeks because I hate seeing those pesky grays come in. And so coming into the city every month was just too much. Plus, it is an expensive process just because it takes four hours. So versus a regular hair color may cost 75 to about $100 because it's just a single process. With hair print, I was paying 300. Now granted, that's New York City. It might be a little bit more expensive than other areas of the country, but it is still an expense because the hairdresser is spending three to four hours with you. So because of all of that, I decided that I was going to try it on my own. I watched what she was doing just so I really felt comfortable in terms of which packet goes with which. Everything is labeled really easily and labeled really well. And so I did it on my own and it actually worked out great. Now, hair print, when you mix it, it does turn the sort of black color and it could be a little messy. And I think I was afraid because I have marble in my bathroom. So I put some towels down, but you know, what I saw was even if a little bit drips on the floor or the sink, it actually wipes off super easily. So as much as it looks like there's black spots that drip, it's not as messy as you may think it is. And it wipes off very, very easily. And what I noticed when I did it myself was that it was easier in the sense that I didn't have to make an appointment, I didn't have to travel, but also the 20 minutes that I would wait in between. I would read, I would listen to a podcast, I would do other things. In fact, I just did it last night and in the 20 minutes I noticed I had a few questions come in from some students in my Thyroid Mystery Self program and I thought, oh, great, it's Friday night, but hey, I'm here just sitting with this stuff on my head. I answered those questions for them um, and you can do really anything you want. I feel like I got a lot of my time back. The other thing is, and I tend to be a little bit OCD. So I I think that I might be almost a little bit neater when I'm doing it on my own. You know, sometimes when you get your hair colored, it almost looks a little bit darker, which may be something you like, but for a lot of people, 
you almost feel like your hair looks colored, you know, because it's darker than what it is and it takes a week or so to kind of wash out. That would always happen to me with any color, both with hair print when I was getting it done and with conventional color. However, when I did it on my own, I think because of um, me being a little bit of a perfectionist, I rinsed it off extra well. And because I rinsed it really well between all of the steps, my scalp didn't have any staining on it. My hair looked so good and it didn't have that darker tone and I didn't feel like it had that, oh, you just colored your hair look, you know, where it almost looks a little bit like shoe polishy until it washes off. So I was really happy about that. For those of us with Hashimoto's, we are unfortunately more prone to having more hair loss, to even having more gray hair because of the stress component, whether that's physical or emotional, which actually acts as a trigger for Hashimoto's and that affects the hair too. And of course, because most people with Hashimoto's also have hypothyroidism or slow thyroid, there's a direct relationship between hair loss and hair issues in general and a slow thyroid. But the other thing that can often happen is dryness of the hair. That's something that I've experienced in the past and perhaps you may too. The reason for that is again, the hypothyroidism and if your thyroid is not specifically controlled for your thyroid type and your thyroid hormones aren't optimal, then it'll be harder for your body to really optimize everything so that your hair is in that perfect shape and that can cause the dryness. And that can cause your hair to be dry, sometimes frizzy, and just overall less cooperative. One of the things that I actually noticed after doing hair print the first time was that my hair was a little bit drier. I thought it may have been a coincidence, but I noticed it again after the second time. And after doing more research and speaking to their head of customer service, Jennifer, who is super helpful, what I found was because hair print actually puts protein in the hair, even though protein is really good for your hair, it can have a slight drying effect. And there is of course a solution for this. One of the things that they recommend that I found extremely helpful is hair oiling. So what this is, is basically using moisturizing oils and there's all types of oils from amla oil to argan oil to jojoba oil, you name it. And you can actually apply the oils to your hair, the full length of your hair, or if it's the ends that are dry, you can just apply to the ends. And if you're someone who has a dry scalp, you can apply it on the scalp as well. And you do this before you shampoo. So you would do it for 15 or 20 minutes before you're about to wash your hair. Or if you know that you're going to be washing your hair tomorrow, you can do it the night before and sleep with it. It is immensely moisturizing. And a lot of these oils are very light. So it's very easy to wash out. It's not like castor oil, which is very thick and kind of gloppy. So you really don't have to shampoo any more than once to get them out. But it leaves your hair so much shinier, but also so much more manageable and much more moisturized. So what I have been doing is right after I do my hair print application, when my hair is dry after I wash all of the hair print off in shampoo, I actually apply the different oils and then I sleep with it. And then I rewash my hair in the morning and it's like new hair. And then I do this oiling once a week. Sometimes if I have time, I'll do it twice a week. I usually try to do it once a week overnight and maybe another time a little bit before I wash my hair. 
I feel like this has made such a difference for my hair. And whether you're doing hair print or not, if you have dry hair, I would highly recommend doing this oiling practice right before you wash your hair or overnight, and it's going to make a difference. But if you are going to try hair print, I do recommend the hair oiling right after your treatment and then once a week, and then you're not going to notice any dryness post-coloring. It really, really works. And I wanted to mention this because it's not talked about all that much, but it's so important and it really works. I've just been so inspired since I've been coloring my own hair because I literally feel like it's a weight lifted off my shoulders without having to make an appointment, travel, spend the money, but also I can do it as often as I need. And what I love is that because this is natural, I don't have to feel bad about doing it every four weeks. I know with the traditional colors, I would try to wait longer and longer. So at first it was nine weeks and then I was like, oh, the grays are just showing too much, you know, and it was eight weeks and seven weeks, you know how it goes. And then now it's four weeks and I'm like, all right, let me just wait two more weeks. So I'm not doing it so often, you know, cause I just didn't want the chemicals. And with this, hey, it's been four weeks, some grays are showing, great, I'm gonna take care of them. I just, it makes me feel so inspired that I can put this into my own hands. Kind of like when I talk about being your own health advocate, you could be your own self-advocate this way. And so if you have felt like hair print is a lot because you have to spend a lot of money and you have to travel, I do wanna tell you that you can try it on your own. And yes, it's time consuming. And yes, there's a process, but once you get the hang of it, it's really not that bad. And as I mentioned before, it's really not that messy either. And it cleans up so easily. And it only costs $45 for a kid versus having to get your hair colored, which is upwards of $100. And for hair print, if you get that done, of course, that's more expensive as well. Of course, I know everyone has their own preferences and what works for them, but I just wanted to give you this update on hair print because so many people have been asking. And now that I've been doing it for a year, I've figured out a lot of other things and I wanted to share it. And I hope that it was helpful for you. And if this is something that you think can benefit someone that you know, a family member or a friend, can you please share this episode with them? And please be sure that you're subscribed to the show so that you never miss an episode. And remember, when it comes to your health issues, please, please do not give up. The answers are out there and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next time on Health Mystery Solves, Thyroid and Hashimoto's Revealed. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.